You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition of Locked On Cougars. Going to talk about a new commitment for BYU basketball. Yes, they finally got a guy out of the transfer portal. T. John Lucas is going to be a member of the BYU men's basketball program. We'll examine his game, how he fits with what Mark Pope's trying to do. Let you know what I think about him as a player after doing my research on him. We'll get to all of that. We'll also continue with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Talking about 1948 for the BYU football program. The beginning of the end, we'll explain. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we typically do right here every single day. The time Title sponsor of today's podcast is our good friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, let's dive on in on a Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 20th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, in my day job, but I am pleased to be with you guys every single day talking all things BYU right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hope you guys have hit that follow button if you're listening to this show on a regular basis, which I hope you guys are doing. Funny enough, uh, just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit on that, you guys have made this show among the top five in the entire Locked On podcast network for most returning listeners and what I mean by that is they have metrics obviously with uh, they can track how many times you guys listen ooh shocking they're tracking me on my phone or my smart device yeah they are let's be clear about that well your podcast apps tell us a lot about what your listening habits and Locked On Cougars is in the top five of the entire Locked On Podcast Network. Let me be clear about this. I believe there are 140 plus different podcasts right now on the network across a myriad of sports and leagues. But you guys have made Locked On Cougars top five across the entire market for the average number of listens of person makes in a given week and also in a given month. So I got to tip my cap to you guys. Your guys' support of this podcast is absolutely marvelous and I can't thank you guys enough for being the backbone of this show. I just happen to be the vessel that brings you guys the news that I happen to track down every day and hope you guys continue to enjoy it as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. All right, getting going here on a Monday. Some great news for BYU basketball fans. That is that the transfer portal has finally paid off for Mark Pope and company. T. John Lucas is the newest member of the BYU men's basketball program. He's a grad transfer from the University of Milwaukee by way of Illinois. He committed to BYU yesterday over fellow finalists Utah, DePaul, Nevada, and New Mexico State. Yes, that's right. BYU beat out Utah, their little brother to the north, if you will, for a big-time recruit and a big-time grad transfer. What I love about T. John Lucas, folks, is this is a guy who is instant offense. He can really fill it up in terms of the score sheet, just the overall box score. I like his game. He's a six foot two guard. He's primarily been a point guard. Primarily, excuse me, been a point guard during his time with Milwaukee. I kind of see him as a bigger version of Brandon Averett with one key difference. 
he is not a good as good of a three-point shooter as Averett proved to be for BYU last season. He does have the size that Averett did not have, albeit it's not all that much. Averett was probably five foot ten. They list uh, T. John Lucas at six foot two. You know how. Uh, these rosters work usually flub him by an inch or so but nonetheless good to see T. John Lucas being a member of the BYU men's basketball program great stats from Milwaukee the past two years averaging over 14 points a game last year it was an average of 14.9 points 5.8 assists 4.6 rebounds and 1.1 steals on 39% shooting from the field the number that kind of hurts you though just 28% from beyond the arc you want to see him shooting in the high 30s typically when you want an impact guy to come in. But what I love about T. John Lucas is he is both a willing scorer as well as a willing passer. His average of 5.8 assists last year was actually 20th in the, sorry, excuse me, top 20 in the country across 353 Division I basketball teams. There are a lot of guys playing hoops, and he was top 20 in the country in terms of his assist average. This is a guy who will make sure his teammates have an opportunity to score alongside him. He has been north of 30 points multiple times during his time playing for Milwaukee. He's a two-time Horizon League uh, Conference Player of the Year. He is a sixth-year senior this year. He is taking advantage of the free year afforded to him by the NCAA to play his sixth year of college basketball, and it will be in Provo, Utah. The interesting thing about T. John Lucas is he is a native of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He went from Milwaukee to the University of Illinois in Champaign, Illinois, played two years there, actually shot 48%, albeit in limited minutes, during his time playing for the fight in the Lion-Eye, then transferred to Milwaukee. His shooting numbers took a little bit of a dip, but obviously his production went up. And that kind of happens when you are the guy who leads the team in shots. You have the ball in your hands a lot as a point guard like he does. I really like what T. John Lucas is going to bring to BYU. And some of you asked the question when the news came out and I tweeted out about it asking, what does this mean for Alex Barcelo? As I have said on this podcast and I'll continue to reiterate it until proven wrong, everything I have been told and this comes from multiple sources, multiple people in the know, Alex Barcelo was expected to be a BYU Cougar next year. That would make it so it's T. John Lucas and Alex Barcelo are probably your starting guard tandem for BYU next year. And I got to tell you, to have a first team all-conference, all-West Coast Conference honoree in Barcelo, and then a two-time All-Horizon League all-conference performer and T. John Lucas lining up alongside him, that's actually a very, very strong guard line, and I really like the potential there for both of them. Barcelo shoots the three at a very high clip, and I actually think it would actually help him in terms of his shooting numbers to have a guy like T. John Lucas who's more of that willing distributor, can really move the ball, be that true point guard at times, take some of the pressure off a guy like Alex Barcelo. Man, I just think this is a fantastic pickup for BYU, and I'm not trying to blow smoke. I really think this is a fantastic addition for the basketball program, speaking of the Cougars. Lucas told 24-7 Sports in their report, quote, they're getting a guard who does a little bit of everything. I guard, I rebound, I pass, I can score. Pretty much a do-it-all player. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I averaged 15, 5, and 6. At the end of the day, I'm so I'm going to come in literally to do whatever coach wants me to do to be successful in the NCAA tournament. I think that's a great mentality to have. This is a young man who is driven to have success. I think he wants to taste March Madness. BYU made it. They would have made it two years ago. Mark Pope has proven he can put together a roster that is NCAA tournament caliber year in and year out. And I know that two years 
Okay, does that really count? Well, I think it does. I think Pope is on the track to having some great success. Now the question will be, after adding a guy like T. John Lucas, will they get a Dusan Mahorchich? Will Booth Gotch be coming to BYU? I don't think Dusan Mahorchich is going to be in Provo. I think some of the offers he's added recently that caused him to delay his original commitment uh, date, I think he's going to go to a bigger program so-called. And I think that Booth Gotch is very much still in play for BYU. I don't have any clue in terms of what the interest level is from Gotch and also what BYU sees and what they think of him. But what I have heard is that Booth Gotch is absolutely a guy BYU has on their list that they are recruiting. They have at least one scholarship remaining for the transfer portal. It's earmarked for that. For that, They also can get to a third if need be. And BYU will continue to scour the transfer portal. There are still guys hopping in the portal, and I know that BYU is doing their due diligence on all of them, looking at them, evaluating their films, seeing if they'd be the right fit, doing their background checks on them, making sure that everything checks out for them. And apparently it checked out just fine for T. John Lucas, and BYU beat out some really big names. Nevada is a powerhouse in the Mountain West Conference. New Mexico State has been... The the just juggernaut of the whack until last year, really, for the past decade or so. Utah, obviously, BYU's arch rival to steal him away. Speaking of T. John Lucas from the Utes is always a good thing. And DePaul, they play in the Big East, one of the best basketball conferences in college hoops. So I think this is a fantastic pickup for BYU, and I look forward to seeing T. John Lucas playing for the Cougars, and we'll effort to see if we can get him on this podcast to talk about the decision-making process in his own words. Coming up here in a moment, though, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football. Looking back at 1948 for BYU, it pretended the worst season record-wise in BYU history. We'll explain a little bit more about that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. Guys, rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for your car, truck, or SUV. They've got every part under the sun, new carpet, rear view mirrors, complete engine blocks. No matter what you got, no matter what you need, they've got it for you guys. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com? Head over to the website now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Make sure to write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV you could ever need, check them out at rockauto.com. All right, my friends, the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown continues here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And today we look back at 1948. Those of you who may be new to the show and just checking us out for the first time, what we have been doing over the past month plus now is we've been going back through all 100 seasons that BYU has played football since 1896. There's been years that they have not played. There's a nearly two-decade gap between the end of the 19th century and 1922 and BYU. You resumed football playing. There's been some fun storylines in here, some awful football for being clear about how things have gone, multiple coaches, NFL draft picks, all conference honorees, all kinds of stuff. So let's talk about 1948 today. And 1948 began with a new conference for BYU, but really was a new conference, really in name only. The University of Colorado at Boulder, CU Boulder, is uh, Colorado University Boulder, whatever it might be, they actually left the 
the conference, speaking of what was then the Mountain States Conference before the 1948 season. The other six schools who comprised the Big Seven who had formed the Mountain States Conference alongside Colorado remained in the conference and they rebranded. They called themselves the Skyline Six Conference, which eventually just became the Skyline Conference as the conference began to expand in its later years. But 1948 was the first year of BYU playing in what would be their third conference, I guess, if you want to count it officially, as a member of the Skyline Conference. Obviously, we'd like to see the season go better for the Cougars, especially considering Eddie Kimball was in his final year as head coach of the BYU football program. He announced in the lead up to this season that this would be his final year as BYU's head coach. He was going to go into athletic administration full-time, be BYU's full-time athletic director after this year. It was a post that he took on in 1937 when he came to BYU, and then he carried on from 1949 until 1963 as BYU's full-time athletic director crazy crazy times obviously the sports world really transformed itself from the mid to late 30s into the early 60s think about how much would it change for a guy like eddie kimball at the helm of byu's athletic department but this was his final year at the helm of the byu football program and you would like to seen it go better the cougars didn't have necessarily an awful record they were five and six overall on the season but they did finish in fifth place in the conference speaking of the skyline six by virtue of just a one and three conference record. I don't know how they didn't play the five other teams in the conference, but nonetheless, BYU was one and three. The only win coming over the University of Wyoming, the Cowboys, by virtue of a late field goal to lift BYU to a thrilling 15 to 14 win with no time remaining. BYU bookended the season with two wins to open the year. They also closed the year with two wins. That surrounded in pretty rough one and six overall record in the interim. BYU had their work cut out for them. Their only win in that span was a homecoming win over Montana in Provo 26 to 20. In that span, BYU also also lost their in-state games against Utah and Utah State. So just a rough year, all things considered. Uh, BYU, funny enough, we talked the last two podcasts about the post-war era for BYU. BYU played a team known as Pacific Fleet. It was a team made up of guys who had been Army vets Veterans were postgraduate, had already finished playing uh, football in college, maybe, or were just getting out of the Army or the military, or in, the, in this case, the Navy. So BYU will play some of these teams in coming years, but they played at Pacific Fleet and even lost that game. It was just kind of one of those seasons that BYU couldn't get out of their own way. Their biggest win and their only road win of the season did come in their regular season finale, and that was a win on the road at Arizona State, beating the Sun Devils 27-25. to Their other four wins were all in Provo. So not Road Warriors speaking of BYU in 1948. This was a relatively young team. The hope was that they were going to continue to grow and have a better year. They had a new head coach come in who we'll talk about tomorrow in Chick Atkinson. But they had a lot of turnover, it appears, during the transition from Eddie Kimball to Chick Atkinson. And what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's podcast as we round out the week will be the worst season in BYU football history record-wise. We can discuss other bad seasons of BYU football, but in terms of overall record, 1949 is the absolute pits, the dregs, the bottom of the barrel when it comes to BYU football. And we'll dig more into that tomorrow, but get ready, folks. We are going to be talking about some really, really rough things. And a lot of it came on the heels of this 1948 season because BYU, like I mentioned, when Eddie Kimball left and moved into full-time athletic administration, if you look at the raw 
rosters from 1948 to 1949, there are a lot of guys who have a gap year or a gap in their time played for BYU, whether they played 1947, 1948, and then 1950 or 1949. They played gaps in there. I don't know what led to that. I'll do some more digging ahead of tomorrow's podcast to see if I can find out some more reasoning for it. But the fact that BYU had already an experience on this team, speaking in 1948, and then you got even younger a year later in 1949, playing a lot of sophomores, just a few upperclassmen in terms of juniors and seniors, all of the ingredients were right there for BYU to have their worst season record-wise in program history. And we'll discuss more about that on tomorrow, a Friday edition of the show. Yeah, we're going to go on a bummer note ahead of better news, I guess, in 1950 coming up on Monday. But you know what? 1948 in the rearview mirror now looking ahead to 1949 as I continue to count you guys down we are almost halfway through this countdown crazy enough but we're having a blast doing it with you guys talking all things BYU sports hope you guys are enjoying us doing this as we go along talking about these individual seasons in BYU football history and hopefully making you guys more intelligent and more in the know about your BYU football history along the way all right coming up here in just a few moments though we will catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Thursday BYU BYU baseball in action, BYU softball in action, results from the NCAA regional for Carson Lundell and men's golf. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs are here. The play-in tournament playing out this week. The NHL playoffs are underway. Even if you're in UFC MMA action, you got the PGA Championship in golf. Whatever it is that tickles your fancy, Bet online has the answer for you guys get over there check out all the news that they have all the odds the sign up bonuses contest information check it all out at betonline.ag it's free to sign up for the website there and while you're there when you make your first deposit use our special promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus yeah 50% welcome bonus courtesy of bet online free money to bet with at bet online very few sports folks are willing to give you the money they'll take your money happily but they're not going to give it to you Bet Online's different. They're happy to give you that money. Take advantage of it now. BetOnline.ag. When you make that first deposit, use the promo code Locked On to get fifty percent of whatever you deposit added it back into your account. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, friends, before we go here on a Thursday, let's get you guys caught up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here. Let's start off with BYU baseball. They open a three-game series, their final series of the season against Pepperdine tonight at Miller Park, hosting the Waves at 6 o'clock Mountain Time when first pitch is scheduled for. Looking forward to the series. Obviously, BYU wants to end their series on a high note, have obviously some good things going into the offseason. BYU currently a sitting at just 21-26, and 26, uh, 44.7 win percentage on the year. They have locked in a sub-500 record this year, which is a little bit disappointing, but BYU looking to keep a home winning record. They're 8-7 and seven at home overall in the season so far. Obviously winning the series or sweeping the season series outright would keep them of course above 500 at home. Probably something that a little bit of a rallying cry there. Pepperdine comes into this game 17-22 and 22 on their of their own this year. They're 9-12 and 12 in conference play. BYU to their credit does have a winning conference record. Likely probably would have been an invite to the West Coast Conference Tournament or at least an outside opportunity to make it into that had it been held. But that was canceled way back in October, if I recall correctly. So BYU season comes down to this, this three-game series. First game in the series tonight at 6 o'clock there at Miller Park. You can catch 
watch on the BYU Sports Network, also BYU TV, if you want to watch that. If you want to watch BYU softball in action, they open up play in the Tempe Regional in the NCAA Regionals tomorrow in Tempe, Arizona. They'll take on Virginia Tech in their first matchup. Uh, this is a format where you have to win to advance, obviously. 4.30 p.m. Mountain Times when BYU will take on the Hokies there at Alberta B. Farrington Softball Stadium. It will be broadcast or streamed on ESPN3 if you want to watch them. BYU will face either Arizona State or Southern Illinois on Friday in the second game of the regional. At BYU, should they go out and beat Virginia Tech, actually would find themselves in a decent opportunity to potentially advance. Obviously, Arizona State nationally ranked. They are hosting the tournament or the regional here. They'll have their work cut out for them to get past Arizona State, but you got to go out and do it. BYU is as hot as any team coming into this tournament. They have won, I believe, all but two games in the final month or so of the season. They've been absolutely on fire in the West Coast Conference. I saw that the Deseret News wrote that they have become the Gonzaga of the West Coast Conference in softball. I can tell you this much. Gonzaga is a decent comparison, but the softball conference side of the West Coast Conference is relatively young. There's a lot of inexperienced coaching and players in this conference, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that they are not necessarily as established as a powerhouse like BYU is. And BYU is taking advantage of it, obviously. But congratulations to them on making the NCAA Regional once again. And best of luck to them against the Hokies. 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN3 if you want to watch Gordon Eakin's squad in action. Final note here is congratulations and a job well done to Carson Lundell. His season is over as well as BYU men's golf season overall. It's over after he tied for 33rd at the Cleelum Regional up there hosted by the University of Washington near Seattle. Not his best week, obviously, for Lundell, but he did move up 21 spots in the final round of the tournament, finishing six over. He was one under on the day in the final round. He went 74-75 the first two days to find himself way back in the 50s, I believe tied for 54th, then shot a one under 70 in the final day, one of the better scores out there on the final day of competition. Good to see him make a move. Moves up 21 spots to finish tied for 33rd. So good showing for him. Obviously, Bruce Brockbank and his team will go back to the drawing board trying to get things figured out ahead of next season. And hopefully next season's not necessarily as disjointed in all sports, especially for men's golf. Because there's a lot of guys out there who are going to be like, oh my goodness, we got to go compete. And you know, the nice part is, 2021-2022 season should offer a lot more of the quote-unquote normal versus what we've all endured in 2020 and 2021 so far with COVID, masks, all of the restrictions in terms of being able to play, all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I really, really think there's a big opportunity for BYU men's golf. They've got a lot of young talent in that program. Bruce Brockman has done a good job recruiting for those guys. And I'm hopeful to see them back in the NCAA championships here in the near future, hopefully as soon as next season. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to talk Cougars every single day, and I mean that. I have so much fun doing this podcast. People ask me how I keep going. Going, despite there not being a ton of news out there. It's simply due to the fact that you guys have the passion for it. Our download numbers have never been stronger during this time of year. I, man, it just it warms my heart to hear you guys when you talk to me about the podcast saying you like this part about it, you like that about it. 
it just, it gives, it chokes me up. You probably can tell my voice. I'm getting a little bit choked up here. It's just, it's so much fun to do. So I hope you guys enjoy the product. Make sure to hit the follow button wherever you're listening in from. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Feel free to email us anytime, lockedonbyu at gmail.com as well. Just love hearing from you guys and love your interactions every single day as we talk all things BYU. All right, until tomorrow, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast from May 20th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.